This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, Bishop Gerald Finke stopped by the studio to talk about the Year of Mercy, which he declares will begin Ash Wednesday, February 22nd, and concludes on the Feast of Divine Mercy, April 7th, 2024. Bishop Finke is being interviewed by me, Donetta Robin, Director of Divine Mercy Radio. We're here in the studio to visit with Bishop Gerald Finke, who has named a year of mercy for the Diocese of Salina, beginning Ash Wednesday and continuing through Divine Mercy Sunday, 2024. So, welcome, Bishop Finke. It's great to be with you, Donetta. And before we begin, could you start us out with a prayer, please? Sure. I'm going to say a prayer that... St. John Paul II wrote after he, um, after installing divine mercy. God, merciful Father, in your Son, Jesus Christ, you have revealed your love and poured it out upon us in the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. We entrust you the destiny of the world and of every man and woman. Bend down to us sinners. Heal our weakness, conquer all evil, and grant that all the peoples of the earth may experience your mercy. In you, the triune God, may they ever find the source of hope. Eternal Father, by the passion and resurrection of your Son, have mercy on us and upon the whole world. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Dana. So we'll just dive right into the Year of Mercy. You have a symbol of mercy on your crest. Could you explain that and tell us when you began to have a devotion for Jesus' mercy? Yeah, sure, Dana. So, well, when you become a bishop, you have to come up with a motto, right? right. And, and I was certain, after they told me this, I was certain that I was going to have one with the Blessed Mother, right? I love her. I always felt a strong devotion to her. And, uh, but something just didn't feel right. And I ran it by my retired bishop, Bishop Carl Mengling. And he said, you know, that's okay, but I'm not sure, sure that's it for you. Mm. And so I, I just read the Bible, was reading the Bible, the book of uh, Letter to the Ephesians. And I came across that line, God who is rich in mercy. And something just stirred in my heart. And, and so I thought, rich in mercy, that. I, and I've always loved God's mercy, right? I mean, we're all sinners, and I've experienced God's God's mercy, and I want the whole world to experience His mercy. And so I called up Bishop Mangling, and I said, "What do you think of rich in mercy?" And he goes, "That's it! That's it! That's it for you!" And uh, so it really just felt like that's that's what I've been called to do. And I think part of it too is Christian Paul II wrote. Uh, an encyclical called Rich in Mercy. And um, I've had a special love for John Paul II. I, I, I'm Polish. He's Polish. Um, yeah, I, I met John Paul II. I got a blessing from him, a special blessing mm-hmm. uh, from him. I, I, I just have always loved him. And I, mm-hmm. and I think one of the great videos that I've ever watched was the story of John Paul II being born at the same time of uh, of um, you know the Faustina around that era and Maximum Colby and Maximum Colby and Saint Faustina, really the, the really saints of mercy, in many ways. And I just have always loved just their message of, of mercy. I mean Maximum Colby, 
he gave his life to for uh, for a person. But he even said before that he goes, no matter how people treat you, uh, don't forget to love them, even no matter what happens. And that's just an act of mercy, right? And in St. Faustina, I've been to I've been to uh, Krakow there to her place, and maybe at the end of this we can lead a pilgrimage to uh, to Divine Mercy in Poland. That'd be cool. We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. So when did you? actually begin to have a devotion to it? Was it in your priesthood? Was it earlier in your life? Or I would say this, that for, for me, I remember the last parish I was at, I've always had special assignments in my priesthood, you know, working at, as a spiritual director and youth ministry and so on. But my last parish, I got there and I was the pastor and, you know, you don't want to make any big changes, but I said, you know what, I want to, I want to have two masses every day and I want confessions every day right mm-hmm. I, want, I just want to have mm-hmm. confessions every day at the same time so people can come to this parish knowing that there's going to be priests available to hear confessions and it was I was kind of like new and I was like is this the right thing to do so we promoted it and about a month uh, so a month later when we finally started the first two nights the first two nights I had people coming in who hadn't been in confession for over 30 years. Mm. And I said, this is why God wanted me to have confession. And I said to them, I said, I'm just curious, why, why, uh, when, what made you come here? He goes, oh, people were, were talking at work about how this parish is having, having confessions every day now, and, that, and what a blessing that's going to be. And so they just heard that message. Uh, there's somebody that wants to that's available to, to hear confessions. And I just was really just so edified that uh, that's what the Lord wanted, right? Mm-hmm. That he wants to bestow mercy. And the message to, to St. Faustina was the world will not know peace until it experiences my mercy, right? Yeah. I mean, and, that's, mm-hmm. and, and you look at our world today, what do we need? It's mercy, right? Everybody's... Everybody seems to be getting even and, and fighting and, and, and just everything, but yet the world will be saved by mercy, and I just want to be an instrument of that. How would you describe, for let's say somebody who isn't Catholic, what what is mercy? How would you describe what mercy is, actually? Yeah, mercy is like, uh, the mercy is like from the gut, right? It's from the heart. It's like a mother's love for the for the child in the womb, right? It's it's that same, it's that same affection in a way, that same protection that you you have, it, and it's it's mercy with Jesus, even even though we don't deserve it, but that's what God is. That's who God is. It's it's mercy, and that's His greatest attribute. They say, right, His love and His mercy, right. because because He He forgives us. And uh, because he desires to, because he's in love with us, and and so it, it's it, it's it's a gift of that we don't necessarily deserve, but it's what God wants for us. And uh, yeah, what a blessing, mm-hmm. and, and and what a gift too, because we've all experienced that mercy. Like, wow, I can't believe God is so merciful, right? And He is so. It's amazing. So, can you tell us like any scripture stories of where Jesus showed mercy? 
Oh my gosh, there's so many of them, right? <laughs> well, give us a couple, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I mean, obviously, the prodigal son is uh, oh, yeah. will always be a favorite. I mean, the guy, the guy basically tells his father that he wish you were dead, and uh, he takes in his inheritance, and he wastes it all, and then he comes home, and he wants to be a slave. He, he just, Father, just let me be one of your hired hands, and uh, the father says, nope, you're not my hired hand. You're my son. That's who you are. You've always been my son, my daughter, uh, whoever God uh, has, has created, and we're beloved sons and daughters. And we're not, as Pope Benedict said, or Pope John Paul II, I think both of them said, you know, we're not the sum of our sins, but my love for you. And, uh, and so that's so important that God never tires of forgiving us. There's no sin greater than uh, uh, that he can't forgive, that he doesn't forgive if we ask. And I think the other one, real quickly, is the... Uh, when Jesus has dinner at these at the house of the Pharisees, right, and there's this woman who comes in, and she weeps, and and wipes his her, uh, Jesus's feet with her tears and her hair, and it's such a beautiful scene. But you can imagine, you know, for Jesus, you know, he's having a nice dinner, and it's a very nice home and everything else too, and which is all great. But for him, the most beautiful person in that room, in a sense, was this sinner, this notorious sinner. And Jesus has mer- incredible mercy for her, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. I mean, it just to, you put yourself in that scene, and, and to, for Jesus, this woman who's a notorious sinner, and yet he loves her, mm-hmm. and she's, she's beautiful. So it's really a. It's a I, I love that scripture too. Yeah. I think of Peter too, denying Jesus. Yeah. It, it's like. Yeah. Like he he could have just really beat himself up, but he accepted Jesus's mercy too. So that's, that's another. That's the whole key, isn't it, Donna? Is that he accepted because if you contrast Peter and Judas, they basically committed this the same similar sin. They right. both denied and betrayed Jesus. And yet, Peter trusted in God's mercy. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. It really is. And that's what I hope all people will experience, right? Please trust in God's mercy. There's, there's nothing he won't forgive if you ask, right? Right. If he didn't love us so much, he wouldn't have got up on that cross. <laughs> that's right. I mean, ultimately, that is, <laughs> the, yeah. that is the ultimate act of mercy right there. Right. Yeah. So. That's the beautiful gift. Is there a way that... For us, since this is the year of mercy, that anything we can read or study to kind of dive deeper into the into Jesus's mercy to learn more mm-hmm. about it and maybe find ways that we can live out mercy. Divine mercy, yeah. Because I think I think you're right, Donna, in, in many ways. Because not only do we want to experience mercy, but we want to live out mercy mm-hmm. too. To people to forgive other people too, which is not easy. Of course, I think we all struggle with people that we know that um, that we are called to forgive, and it's it's not easy. I experienced it myself. I was on a retreat about a year and a half ago. It was it was a, J, a John Paul II healing retreat, and uh, it was actually Sister Miriam James 
who is there too, and she's a very popular speaker amongst uh, young people today. And she's a salt sister uh, from Texas, and she was there with uh, Bob, Dr. Bob Schutz, and other people, and and she led us through this forgiving another person, and and right away she was like, I want you to think of someone that you really need to forgive, and at first I think there's no one that I'm really holding in resentment. Well, all of a sudden somebody came to my mind. Mm. And next thing you know, I'm crying, right? I'm mean, crying because I, I realized that I, that I held this resentment against this person for a long time. And basically what happened was yeah, I, I started crying and thinking about the situation that happened many, many years ago. And then Sister Miriam said, I want you to just imagine you now with that person at the foot of the cross. And there we were looking at Jesus on the cross like this, your whole, your, it's like you're there. And all of a sudden we embraced each other. And I, I, all that resentment just, just washed away wow. in, a, in a very, so that, that's something to forgive other people, but I'm sorry, I'm not really asking, answering your question, no, but you I are. think, but I think obviously, you know, I actually I just discovered this book. I don't know if you've read this. This is a, it's called Love Lost and Found. It's 17 Divine Mercy Conversions. And it just tells these beautiful stories about divine mercy and and how divine mercy has in, impacted their lives in such a beautiful way. Mm. The first story I read, I, I was crying. I was It was unbelievable. I'll just give you a quick summary of it. This uh, This couple... Well, what happened was they were in high school, and he met this new girl in school or whatever, and he said, I want to marry that girl one day. You know, a love story. Well, they dated, but she got really sick. She got really, really sick as a few years later or whatever, and she actually had to have her leg amputated, mm-hmm. right? And she was still struggling with a lot of illness, right? And... Uh, and she felt so down upon herself, and even her friend said, "You know, just break up with him because, you know, you, you really he, let him go because." Mm-hmm. So she broke up with him because he didn't. She didn't feel like he was. She was worthy of his love, mm-hmm. really sadly. And so the guy dated with a couple other girls, a, w- a woman, and he came back to her to visit her. He goes, "You know, I, I think I'm going to ask." I'd like to ask someone to marry me, uh, but I'm afraid they're going to say no. And uh, she and she said, well, "Go ahead and ask her." The worst thing she can do is say no, and at least she'll know. And he goes, "Well, I want to marry you, right?" Oh wow! And uh, will you marry me? <laughs> it's so it's such a beautiful story. Yeah. And and so with the, the the what happens next too is they ended up going to the Divine Mercy Shrine. And all the other ailments that she had had were, were healed, right? Mm-hmm. It was amazing, an amazing story of just experiencing that mercy of, yeah. it, it's a really, it's a beautiful, I, I cried. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it's it's kind of like God, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times we as people, and I know, I know so many people, I, I remember being at a campus in Michigan, and I was sitting on the porch, and and um, with my priest friend of mine, and this girl walked by, and we started talking about faith, and and she goes, 
yeah, but there's no way God could possibly love me. And, and you could tell she had gone through it a lot. And that's, and, and that's what the message I really want, because I know there's so many people out there that really feel like, you know, I, I've messed up way too much. And, uh, but God, God loves them and desires to be one with them right. and to, to heal them, to forgive them. All they have to do is say, Jesus, here I am. He'll do the rest. He'll do the rest. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So there's books. I mean, I, I think reading the Bible is so right. important as and, far as and like meditating, like you were describing before. Right. Meditating on that scripture or something. Right. That's right. Meditating on the, yeah. on these beautiful and put yourself in the scene and right. and uh, yeah, it's. We need to take a short break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more about the Year of Mercy with Bishop Gerald Vinke. We're back on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture on Divine Mercy Radio. Bishop Gerald Vinke. The Year of Mercy. Donetta Robin, who is interviewing, begins this next segment. And another way we can experience mercy too, and, and I've talked to other people that this happens to, this just, we receive the Holy Eucharist every time we go to Mass. Or right. Not every time. We shouldn't always probably receive it every time, but when right. we do. And then there's just, a, for some reason, at, at different times it just hits you that it brings you to tears. Yeah. Amen. And that's experiencing His love and mercy. That's right. That's right. The Eucharist is, I mean, that's the heart of Jesus, right? That's that's his mercy given to us. Right. There's times that when I'm celebrating Mass, and it's not all the time, obviously, just like you, but there's times I want to weep too. It's like I can't believe that what's happening here. It's a I miracle. Think everybody will see it. it it's a miracle. Yeah, but it, it reminds me of you know living in Rome, and uh, I went to Lanciano. Have you heard of the Eucharistic mm-hmm. miracle, yeah. Lanciano? And what really impacted me was they did tests on the on the Eucharist, the the, the bread. And it's heart tissue, right? It's a heart that's giving his life. It's his heart that's just beating out of love for us, desiring us to be one with him. It's almost like, I just love you so much. I just want to be with you. I just want to forg- I just mm-hmm. want to. I just want to reconcile you to the to our Father, right? right. That's all I want to do. I'm not. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to embrace you with right. with love and mercy. It reminds me, real quick here, sorry, okay. but uh, I was talking to a, a priest one time, and he said he was on a retreat, and he's thinking about how Jesus was, during his passion, was just getting beat up and scourged, and, and, and he thought, Jesus, why didn't you fight back? You know, why didn't you, why didn't you, and he thought, he really felt Jesus speak to his heart. I wasn't fighting against them. I was, I, I was fighting for them. Yeah. And that's that's what mercy is. I'm, I'm desiring. I'm I'm for you. I'm totally for mm-hmm. you. That's all I want to do is give you my mercy. Right. That's it's mm-hmm. beautiful. 
Yes, it is. What do you hope to accomplish as you go to the parishes? What What's the plan? Do you have a plan? Yeah. So I, I've been working with the priest and asking them to work with their parish councils, and I'm really kind of I'm really excited actually because all the parishes are coming up with innovative ways what they think is best oh. for their for their own parish. Uh-huh. So my first one is actually Ash Wednesday. I'm going to Norton. Uh, St. Francis of C.C. Norton, and the next day I'm going to New Almelo. And each day it's a little bit different. But I'm having Mass, of course, and I'm giving a talk on Divine Mercy. And there's going to be times for confession, too, as well. But I'm going to visit the prison and visit them a little bit. And then I'm also going to visit a nursing home or just a living place Mm -hmm. to visit them as well. And uh, so, and we're going to play the Divine Mercy Chaplet too. As oh, I have a holy hour, because I want to talk about, I'm going to incorporate the Eucharist, because it, it's, it's also the time of the Eucharist in our right. in, in the church as well. But they're all they're all related, right? And the the Eucharist and reconciliation are very very related to to one another, as you know. So I'm excited. Everybody's uh, doing a little bit different, and uh, but I, whatever I I just trusting that the parishes are going to come up with what God wants them to, to come up with for whatever is. I'm just wondering how we can reach people that haven't been to church yeah. for a long time, you know, to let them even know this is happening. Right. So I think I think hopefully word of mouth will come about too. That's one of the best ways is, is to, um, you know, the families, maybe they can just spread the message, hey, there's bishops coming here to talk about mercy and maybe something was stirring their hearts. But also, we're also putting things in their newspaper, the local newspapers. So Mm -hmm. it seems like most people read their local newspapers Mm -hmm. really well, and uh, a lot of them do at least. And maybe they'll hear hear what's happening. So we're we're trying to get it out. We have a PR effort to uh, to to get the word out too, I, yeah. I got to share this one story, okay. which is really cute. I just read this on the back of the Columbia magazine, which is the Knights mm-hmm. of Columbus magazine, about this young man. And uh, we talk about getting the word out. He said it, it all started with a birthday wish, and this mom said to his son, "For my birthday this year, I don't want you to get me anything. Instead, I want you to do so, go do something." Please go to confession for my birthday, mm. and that's that's what led him to his conversion. His mom, mm. his mom for his birthday, <laughs> didn't want any gift. I just please go to confession, and he had been living a a, a life away from the church, wow. away from the church, and it's a really beautiful story. He said, "I said my life, I was living the college party lifestyle, and it." And I wasn't really happy with that. And that, that confession changed his, his life. So it, it's that word of mouth. And made, he's a priest now? He's a priest now. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, he's a priest in Vancouver. I'll give you that story. Oh. It's really neat. And that's kind of hope. Maybe moms out there, if you're listening, for your birthday wish, <laughs> 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 tell, your, tell your sons and your children to, to, uh, to come to confession. confession. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what brings us peace right is to be forgiven oh. it's every time after confession there's a sense of peace yes. and i just have to say thank you lord for this gift amen <laughs> that it, yeah. that's exactly what i do too i say lord thank you so much for your mercy for forgiveness yes so 
At the end of this year of mercy, in the diet, in the entire diocese of Salina, how do you see a change? Maybe? Well, the hope, of course, is always that people encounter the love and mercy of Jesus. That's my whole goal. I mean, that's that's what where my heart is. Mm-hmm. I just want people to experience the love, and I hope people come back to the faith. I mean, that's. I know a lot of people have walked away, but Jesus is waiting for them, and they, Jesus desires to heal them. To Jesus desires to be in communion with them through the Holy Eucharist, to really come back to Him, and that's what. Because Jesus, that's what He—he's—he's he's knocking on their hearts, and I just want to be a conduit of, of of that mercy, and that, I mean that's the hope. Donetta, is that they that people come back to the faith and not for any other reason except to just experience mm-hmm. his love and mercy. That would be beautiful. So. And maybe we'll have a pilgrimage. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> we should talk about that after the yeah, show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then how can, well, you, you spoke about as mothers, you know, ask your, ask your children to go to confession for a gift mm-hmm. for you. But um, and then it ends up becoming a gift for them. <laughs> but um, how else can we as individuals help spread this message of mercy that you're trying to to spread throughout the diocese? How can we as individuals help? I that? think just a gentle invitation of hey, this know, is happening at this my church. This is happening at my church. Can you come along? Mm-hmm. No pressure, and, and it's at your workplace or uh, wherever you are. Maybe a maybe a relative or a child, like you said, or a friend of yours, workplace, whatever, just invite them. There's no, that would be a blessing to Mm -hmm. do that. Is there anything else you would like to say that maybe we haven't covered? Well, no, I think I'm excited. You know what? This has been on my heart ever since I got here. I've always, actually, I was going to do a year of mercy back then COVID happened. And... um, and so this has been on my heart. It feels like this is what the Lord, you know, every, I, I just has put it on my heart and it just never went away. It just kept coming back, kept coming back that uh, now's the time for some reason. I don't know why, but now's the time. And uh, even if one person comes back to the faith to experience God's love and mercy, it'll be all worth it. All the travels, everything else. It'll be worth it in every way, even one person, because that's what we why we exist, right? Just to is to to bring God's mercy. I, I would say too that mercy is in different forms. Obviously, experiencing reconciliation, but also then to for us to be merciful um, and to and to uh, to really the, the corporal works of mercy too is is to. Be part of that. Saint Faustina mentioned how important that is to is for us is to to work some mercy too, just mm-hmm. to to visit the sick and visit uh, go to funerals and visit visit them as well too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no. So it's you know I think you covered everything. Okay. So <laughs> would you like to close us in a prayer and maybe a blessing? Yeah, I'd love to. So I'm gonna. Say this prayer. It's a little long, and I hope you can bear with me too. But it's one of my favorite prayers. Saint Faustina wrote it, and uh, it's really asking the Lord for her whole presence to be merciful to others. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord, I want to be completely transformed into Your mercy, and to be Your living reflection. 
May the greatest of all divine attributes, that of your unfathomable mercy, pass through my heart and soul to my neighbor. Help me, O Lord, that my eyes may be merciful, so that I may never suspect or judge from appearances, but look for what is beautiful in my neighbor's souls and come to their rescue. Help me, O Lord, that my ears may be merciful, so that I may give heed to my neighbor's needs and not be indifferent to their pains and moanings. Help me, O Lord, that my tongue may be merciful, so that I should never speak negatively of my neighbor, but have a word of comfort and forgiveness for all. Help me, O Lord, that my hands may be merciful and filled with good deeds, so that, that I may do only good to my neighbors and take upon myself the most difficult and toilsome task. Help me, O Lord, that my feet may be merciful so that they may hurry to assist my neighbor overcoming my own fatigue and weariness. And help me, O Lord, that my heart may be merciful so that I myself may feel all the sufferings of my neighbor for may your mercy, O Lord, rest upon me. And Lord, we ask you to bless all our listeners today. Fill them with your peace and presence. And may they experience your mercy in a new way during this year of mercy. And may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop Thank you, Donetta. Thank you for letting me come. Thank you, Bishop Vinky. Since Mother Angelica would have turned 100 years old this year, we've been ending our shows with a quote from Mother. However, we are going to defer from this today and give a quote from St. Faustina. From her diary, St. Faustina wrote, All grace flows from mercy. Even if a person's sins were as dark as night, God's mercy is stronger than our misery. One thing alone is necessary, that the sinner set ajar the door of his heart, be it ever so little, to let in a ray of God's merciful grace, and then God will do the rest. You're listening to the Network of Stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear His voice, harden not your hearts.